Welcome to the M54 podcast. We are so happy to be sitting again across from each other podcasting. We have received wonderful feedback to our first podcast. Thank you for reaching out and sharing your thoughts and reflections on it. M54 stands for the magic of 54, which is triple times 18, triple times high, which means life and in the Hebrew alphabet, numeric, numerically equals 18. So in one life, when one person engages with another person in a wholesome, uh, mature, dignified, curious way, a new liveliness can emerge from that conversation. I actually had that experience uh, two days ago on Sunday night when I was uh, sitting with some friends, old childhood classmates at a Fabringen, which basically means a gathering. And we were engaging in a conversation. uh, And that conversation lasted through the night until 9 a.m. And it only ended at 9 a.m. because we all had um, scheduled things to, to do but it really felt that liveliness emerging when two people, then it was more than two people, by that time it was three people. Who, three people who lasted through the night. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it started with more. Yes. Uh, engaged in a lot of the conversation. Lively meaning the sense that you described it. it. There's a joy there, there's listening, there's being present, Yeah. absorbing, yes. responding to what you just heard. Listening. Yes, yeah. listening is a big one. We'll get to that yeah. in another podcast. Lucky you. Lucky you that you can actually be with classmates and have it reflect uh, where you are today in your life. Yeah. Often when we meet high school friends or just people from the past, we don't know how to navigate away from conversations that resemble or sound like high schooly. Yeah. Um, and... and um, it's very limiting, yeah. and one of the people at this com- in this conversation, I haven't had a conversation with him, or we haven't had a conversation with each other in thirty years. Wow! And it felt natural. Very. Then I would say, I would, uh, I would assume then because both of you could could be present in a in a real. A down-to-earth, uh, gentle way, without trying to outdo each other or without um, having prepared responses to each other. Yes, and I won't say that that's what how the conversation was going on the entire time. Hmm. There were ten, fifteen people around the table, and at some point, some parts, or at some points, some people were engaging in that way of having to, like this element of showmanship and loud and um, needing to make a point across and not really listening to any response. And what happened is those fizzled out. Those individuals or that type of talk just walked away when the either the attention wasn't given or it, 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 you don't have the strength to be loud. Or your voice gets hoarse your from, voice gets from hoarse, being loud. From being loud. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. When you're not listening, you just tire out yes. talking. Yes. 
Well, I, I never had the experience of staying up all night at a Fabringen, but it, it seems so fascinating to me. And um, I, I wish we could bring it back yeah. as adults. Uh, maybe one of the cri- criteria is we could uh, design a Fabringen and you need to clear your calendar out for the first half of the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to... Uh, have that in the back of your mind as you um, sit somewhere thinking, oh, I need to go to sleep because I have a day tomorrow. Yeah, well, I didn't anticipate <laughs> sitting till 9 a.m. Otherwise, I would have canceled a 9 a.m. appointment. That's true. That's true. Um, but you showed up at the 9 a.m. appointment. <laughs> yeah, <I did>. <laughs> You <laughs> uh, were there. <laughs> I was there, and it was clear he was uh, in the middle of a Fabringen. Yeah. Um, Hmm. So, yes, that is the final 18. A new liveliness emerges. Yeah. When one person sits with another person, a new liveliness emerges, yeah. and that is M54. After last episode, we got some really marvelous feedback. Uh, I'd like to share some of that with you and reflect on them. Someone wrote a card to us, and one of the things she mentioned was that this idea of insourcing was so apropos as I took on an evening to use my own skills and talents to create opportunities for others. And it was very moving for us to see how she was grappling with what kind of experience to create for other people. And she was entertaining the ideas of um, uh, outsourcing it, bringing someone else in to uh, design it. And to, uh, in a certain sense, bring the entertainment of the evening. And she understood that she has it within her to uh, design intentionally an experience for others. And that's really special to see and admirable because it takes effort and work. And then an individual called me up and he was very moved by the podcast. And he says, I noticed that you and Hani have this rapport together where you are so synchronized together in your thoughts and how you feed off each other. And um, when he was saying that, I said, well, that's an interesting observation. And then I reflected and noted that um, this didn't come naturally or easily. This was through a Derech Haruka Oktsara. Many years of the two of us working with each other and alone. Uh, in developing our language that reflected our experiences uh, and insourcing what we do uh, for, for many, for many, many years and the difficulty that came along with it. And I'd say that his comment made me think of the concept of Kitsara that comes after the Aruka. The short, the ease that follows after the long and insourced journey that a person takes and as we see here uh, it affects the people around us um, greatly the way we live our lives it doesn't only have an impact on us it has a huge impact and on on the people close to us definitely and today we want to explore the idea of change Uh, why the difficulty that uh, change encounters and by naming these difficulties, I think is a way how we could learn to overcome them. Because when you name something, you can 
tame it. You can confront it. You can address it. So why is change so difficult? Why is and when we say change, we're not referring to mm. moving across the Atlantic Ocean or um, um, losing weight, right? <laughs> well, actually, that one is interesting. I I was once sitting at an anti-diet nutritional therapist's office. Not one time, quite a number of times. That was a choice I made, and I was getting very frustrated about the slow pace that I was understanding the change that I wanted was occurring. And uh, she reminded me, she said, you are, it was maybe a, a year into my experience, and she reminded me that, Khani, you're expecting change to happen quickly. You're encountering about 40 years of eating habits. It doesn't go that quickly. And also, like a diet, most of them fail because they're outsourced to a system that someone else says works. It does not address the issues of the person who is struggling with eating. It, though, will be a Kitsara experience that it a will short work. short experience. It will work often. Weight comes off fast. But most of the time, what doesn't work about it is that it doesn't last. And it's not sustainable. And in fact, makes a person feel worse after when it, when it stops working. And so um, when we talk about change, we're talking about small internal uh, soft pivots that a person chooses for themselves, for their own lives, because they want to increase vibrancy. It is extraordinarily difficult, though. And the difficulty is in the need to confront your reality and the need to engage with it uh, and just look it straight in the eye and observe it, listen to it, and respond to it. Why is that hard? <sighs> because it calls to you to change. It holds you accountable. It requires you to respond to it. And it's easier to look away. It's easier to remain in the familiar habits with which you're able to coast over it and ignore it and look away. Or it's easier to fall back into some like childhood-like fantasy of warm places, of good places, of where things used to be, or how you imagine they should be. It's also easier to outsource and blame someone else for your challenges. Especially if you're in an intimate relationship, we often blame our spouse for something or even our children. One day when they grow up and leave the house, I will be able to get my blank into order. Or something called the system. Every person lives within a certain context, within a certain system. And people will claim things aren't going well because the system is broken. And therefore, I can't make change. Or they just stay frustrated with the system without understanding that the first system that we encounter is ourselves yeah. and our routines and um, our, you know, three, four, five, six, seven decades of, of how we work, how we live. Right. And um, if it's a very difficult process. Also, another layer to that is the unknown is quite scary. Yeah. So you mentioned being familiar with a familiar. 
um, because we don't know what will happen when we confront it. We don't know what will rupture in ways that we think we cannot repair. And the unknown takes up so mu- takes up so much space and weight. And fear. And it's due to fear that we just avoid it, and we say, "Well, it's why why what's why why." I forgot what it is. Why fix it when it ain't broke? Sure. And it's not broke because you're still functioning. Right. The question is, are you functioning or do you have a vibrant life? Right. Right. So let's go some examples uh, of individuals who've done change successfully. But it was very hard for them. Yeah. So we know of a woman who was in a relationship that was far from healthy actually for decades and people close to her over time told her about certain dynamics that weren't supposed that a a healthy relationship shouldn't have nor should she be expected to tolerate and she may have heard them but she never internalized it in a way to uh, take a stand not even to take a stand, to understand it for herself. To confront it. To in even, her, in her mind, and then actually be able to articulate what is wrong in the relationship, even to herself in a mirror. And what happens then is, we wish maybe it will go away, but it doesn't. It, in fact, it, it grows grotesquely when we don't make change. And only decades later now, is she finally experiencing it in a way that there's these light bulbs going off inside of her that she's using the same language that was offered to her to describe a relationship, but they're hers. And it took a long time. I'm, we're talking decades now of her being in a relationship and she's finally understanding what was wrong all these years. There are many reasons why it took her so long. And one of them certainly is what you said earlier. I mean, not one of them. They all connect to what we shared earlier. Afraid of what will happen if she confronted it. Um, Getting through the day. So you you get through the day, you survive it, and you think you'll wake up and you know how to get through the next day. And one of the things that happened now is it almost became unavoidable. For her, she she reached the point where it was not where it just she she couldn't live like this anymore. It's also heartbreaking to watch to know that decades ago she could have encountered it in a way that could have invited change, and change doesn't mean, for example, a divorce. Change can mean a shift in how to navigate an intimate relationship. Change means also to name it. To know that it's there, to know what is there in front of you and what you're engaging with and confronting with, that is that is huge. I think that is I think that's the hugest hugest if that's a word. I don't think so. No, <laughs> that is perhaps the largest that is confronting it, and I'll use that word insourcing, in- encountering your experience and responding to it. When we name something, we are giving language to it. When we give language to it, we can say it then in our own voice and we can hear ourselves. When we hear ourselves in our own voice, it begins to invite 
um, change and agency because you are playing around with what you're hearing and experiencing in your mind and in your heart and you're understanding it in ways that you didn't or couldn't earlier. When something is named, you mentioned earlier, name it to tame it. I want to color that in a little bit. When we name something and the world doesn't fall apart Mm. and we don't fall apart and our relationships don't fall apart, the the rupture isn't as explosive as what we were initially afraid of. And that's why we can then manage it, hold it, navigate it, experiment with what change could look like based on the growing insights that you develop because you confronted and engaged with life. Right. Now let's point out that as a result of this confronting life, confronting her reality, the situation around her didn't change. But internally, for her, there was a huge change and a new vibrancy as emerged in her life. Insourcing. 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 Yeah, it's such a beautiful example of somebody who's managed it and achieved it. Achieving. Achieving. (laughs) Yeah, true. It is achieving. Now, conversely, we know another person who's in a situation where they've been also in an intimate relationship for many years and um, they've chosen not to confront their reality and instead find opportunities to ignore it, escape it. Uh, So to go to places, to to like happy places, Um, and instead of confronting it. And what's happened as a result, it has affected her life, affected her relationships with her children. In fact, she lives in New Jersey, and her parents and her siblings live in London. Uh, Her children live in Connecticut, and some in Florida. And she spends more time traveling to London to visit her parent, her aging parents, and her siblings, over tr- visiting her children in Connecticut or in Florida, which it demonstrates her escaping to that happy place, to that place where things were good before it all began. And uh, this is an example of somebody who doesn't insource, they outsource. Uh, whether it's blaming others, uh, whether it's just surrounding yourself and being in this cocoon where you don't see any other alternative. And uh, it's very sad to see that. Now, the stakes in this are high, are very, very high. The stakes of what? Of not insourcing. Of not inviting change. Of not inviting change. Of of not not growing up. Yes, not growing up. Yeah, are very high. Meaning you could be 65 and not grow up. I'll repeat. You could be 65 years old and not necessarily have grown up. Because growing up is about accumulating experiences. But growing up also means engaging with those experiences 
confronting those experiences, learning from those experiences, getting insights for those experiences, and acting on those experiences instead of A, ignoring them, or outsourcing them, or... Outsourcing solutions. Yes. I will say included in that is listening to podcasts like ours. Right. <laughs> if, <laughs> it's, 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 it's ironic. Yes. We're, we're, we are podcasting, and yet we're very aware of the ridiculous amount of podcasts available to so many of you at a touch and this obsession with podcasts. And in a certain way, we're not encouraging you to listen to this podcast. Including ours. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, because we we dream of a world where people are sensitive and pay attention to their own experiences and adjust to what they know and what is working and what is not. Yes. A podcast can give you wisdom, but it's not yours. And until you make it your own, it's just floating words somewhere. I'll put it a little harsher. It's almost like fake news in the sense that it's not relevant to you. It's somebody else's insight that they had from their experience, which applies to them. And if you're not looking into your own experience, then their news is not your news. It's not for you. So, for example, the famous Jewish quote of who is a rich person, someone who is satisfied with his lots. That's in Perkei Avot. Now, it sounds rich and magnificent. Grandiose. Yeah, wow. Judaism has such kernels of wisdom. Yes. Um, we should be satisfied with what we have, and we should, therefore, feel wealthy and live abundantly. And yet, until you grapple with what it means to be satisfied and not like, unfortunately, many people do. What am I complaining about? Other people have it worse, right? Yeah. Or um, I have a roof over my head, so I should just be thankful. Those, those don't work. Those are not sustainable learnings. They're not insourced. So until one grapples with learning how to be satisfied, but first understanding why we're not satisfied, that wisdom is not... It's not yours. It's someone else's. Well, I want to take that wisdom and, and focus on the key word in that statement of Chazal, of our sages, is chelko, is your portion, is to be aware of your portion, to understand your portion, to, to, to embrace your portion, to confront your portion, and then find abundance and joy within it. And that's hard. That's hard. That is hard. But when you reach a successful moment in understanding what satisfaction feels like and looks like, it is a marvelous moment to reach. Yeah. And the people around you will be impacted. The yeah. stakes are very yeah. high about the refusal to change. That's awful. Because not only does it impact your living and it creates tremendous harsh limitations on how you live, tremendous stress. It also means that your partner and your children will be greatly impacted even if no one understands what the impact is till the children become adults. 
the patterns of living without change or without growing up means the patterns will continue unless someone comes in and starts paying attention. Then start the joys of living and being vibrant and being excited and feeling a sense of agency and ownership and happiness with your chelka, with your portion. And that portion begins actually with yourself and then with your spouse and with your children and with your community and whatever is around you. An important part of this process is also having someone who you could have a conversation with about this. Somebody who you could speak about this to and they can listen to you. And when I listen to you, I mean really invite you to share more content, reflect on how you feel about it. Somebody who tries to reflect what's this really all about. Somebody who gives you the space and invites you to share more and experience more and expose more. And in that type of conversation, which you then do back to them, listen to them, it is a space where this um, type of insourcing can emerge and can grow. And perhaps one of the difficulties in engaging in this process of change and of growing up and of insourcing is finding somebody who can listen to you. Somebody who you can cheer and they're listening to you as opposed to offering you solutions, as opposed to simply nodding, or as opposed to saying, yeah, I have something similar like that and you know, shifting the conversation to themselves. And I think if there was more listening and people had that opportunity to encounter that, they would be more forthcoming, have greater ease to, uh, to practice insourcing. This also can address the loneliness that many people feel, even if they're surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. And it can bring back a certain kind of joy and a wonder about change. Um, it is hard and difficult, but yet in that difficulty should be understood the joy mm-hmm. and the success that it offers and the vibrancy that it offers. If people did that with each other, the support there would, would be so magical. And I think that's something that we adults struggle with. Yeah. And that's the magic of 54, of three times 18, three times high. When one person engages with another person in a meaningful way where they're listening to each other, they're connecting to each other, a third liveliness emerges. And that's magical both in the result and perhaps even magical in finding something like that. It may finding somebody who you can do that with. Thank you for listening and being a part of this journey of change and growing up. We welcome your feedback, as you can tell at the opening of this podcast. So please share it with us at Peretz, P-E-R-E-T-Z, at m54.co or at Chani, C-H-A-N-I-E, at m 54 co until next time wishing you living a life from within you